the Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 138. How important is leadership in the football industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is an expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you want to pursue a career in the football industry. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Maggie Cruz Blanco. Maggie is the founder of Sport Inequality International Foundation where she has over nine years of experience working at FIFA beforehand. Now she's got the role to really enhance gender inequality, to enhance sports business development within the football industry and also the sports industry. For that reason, it's a pleasure to have Maggie on the show and that's when today's episode, Maggie will share her sports career journey and explain to you the importance of leadership in the football industry. Maggie, please could you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Um, so my sports journey started um, so when I was a little girl uh, because I, my father was a big sport fan and for him it was important that we, do, we did sports. So I tried a few sports like volleyball, tennis, front tennis, and I wasn't good at any of them. <laughs> so um, we decided to actually um, go for archery. So I was a competitive archer for almost 10 years back in Cuba since age uh, 12. So that's, that's how the journey started, actually. And I'm, I'm, I'm still an athlete today. And one of my biggest dreams is actually to go to the Olympic Games. There is no age limit for archery. So I, I, uh, I dream to go one day, and I still do a lot of sports in my life. I'm more on the extremer side today, but that's how my journey started. And then from an athlete career, I jumped into studying sports science. Um, so it was, it was something that at the time it felt natural for me. And it was quite a lucky move in my career because that spearhead the opportunity to then study internationally and to do the FIFA Master, which is one of the most prestigious masters in the sport industry. So it gave me the opportunity to, A, study abroad internationally. I'm the only Cuban to have done this program. And B, to be able to actually gain freedom in my life. So that's how it started. Right. I'm just going to go back in time because I find this really interesting. Out of interest, how has your sports science degree supported you as an archer? Um, so in Cuba, it's actually um, compulsory when you are an athlete, at least at the time when I was training, that you you have to to combine so your, your life as an athlete, your training with a career. So it's a very good question because... The high-performance athletes have to go into special sports schools. And, and so when, when I reach a level that I have to go to university 
and decided to go to sports science. This was a very good thing also for my, let's say, my career because I could see both sides then. So as an athlete, I could see from, let's say, from the science perspective, what are the key things that I needed uh, from the coaching perspective as well. Uh, but also, I think, understanding the whole structure of sports and specifically the development of the sports from the sporting side was something that very, very interesting. And the last three years, that, uh, the first three years of my university degree and the last three years of my career came together. So that was a parallel. I was competing and I was studying. So that was very good for both as an athlete and as a professional. Out of interest, what inspired you to do the FIFA Masters? Um, so the FIFA Masters, so I've always been fascinated about the international sports industry. And sports is one of those things that um, today Cuba is more open, but at the time the communist system was were quite close. We were not allowed to leave the country, but the international sports industry and international competitions were one of the things that we had access to see, to watch the Olympic Games, to watch the FIFA World Cups. So for me, it was always a dream to, to be able to be part of that movement, to be part of the international sport industry, to, to go further than, you know, the island I live in. And, and so I look for programs around the world. Um, one program I was very interested in was um, in the Netherlands. And I got actually accepted in the program was sports and sociology. But then I look at the FIFA master. One great thing about the FIFA master um, uh, for me was first, it had, you had the opportunity to study in three different universities. Um, so in, in the Montfort University in Leicester, then you study at Stabokoni and then you finish in Switzerland. You have very um, a holistic program. So it was not only about, it's called the FIFA Master because FIFA is the main sponsor, but it's a master that is about all sports. And, and then you have the sociology, the humanities part of sports. Um, you have the business, the, the, the marketing side of sports, the leadership part of sports, and then you have the law, the legal side of sports. So holistically, it was a program for me. It was the ideal, uh, let's say, the ideal scenario for a Cuban uh, professional in sports to be able to do the master outside Cuba and, you know, be able to go through three different countries and such a holistic program. It was the ideal um, platform for me to be then working in international sports environment. So I was extremely lucky to get scholarship from both the IOC and FIFA. Otherwise, I would have never been able to do it, of course. <laughs> Just reflecting right now, have you seen sport have an impact from a cultural perspective? Because I find this really important interesting but most of all very important that different countries different areas of the world sport is perceived differently I would just love to hear your thoughts on that because you've gone through it yourself from an educational standpoint um well sports has it's, for me it's one of the most powerful forces in the world um I think from the cultural perspective if I start with my personal experience um, looking back at when the communist system was actually quite strong, sports was such a 
powerful way for the governments to showcase, you know, the the the, the power they have. Uh, so so culturally, we were educated to do sports. We were educated to high perform and that has such an impact in the whole culture of the country and then if i look at uh, the experience i had by working um in the international olympic committee after i finished my master or um at the archery federation and fifa working with fifa and in football i travel all over the world all corners of the world and the impact that sports has um to change, um, you know, societal uh, barriers to for me to get 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 some women practicing sports, and to change mindsets about the role of women in society, about um, uh, the way that we um, developed as human beings. I think sports has such an impact across the world. So. That is one of the things why it inspires me to continue working in sports. And one of the things why I believe that football specifically has a huge power to change the world and to change the landscape. And if we look, for example, at women in leadership across the world, if one, one of the things that will actually showcase the most, the power of more women in leadership will be sports and where we could have a huge platform to promote this and change the culture of uh, all male, let's say, leadership to more balanced and equal leadership in the world. Absolutely. And that's sort of today's main podcast topic. But just before then, from a career perspective, what skill sets have supported you whilst working in the sports industry, but specifically the football industry as well? And that's a that's a very very good question. I think the first thing actually that helped me, and I know that this is not the case for every single individual that comes into the industry, but the first thing that helped me, of course, is being an athlete and understanding uh, what is needed from the athlete perspective to develop sports. Um, what are the key basic um, requirements to um, from from the grassroots level? To having a pathway uh, for for youth development, for uh, national teams, for domestic sport, this is crucial. And as an athlete, I, I understood that. The other thing, of course, is the fact that I did a sports science degree, which gave me a very holistic view about um, sports from the let's say uh, science biomechanical standpoint to the structures to the history of sports um, g- gave me a lot of let's say a foundation to be able to come into the sport industry and specifically into um, the football industry. I think um, another big thing that you have to develop in sports and in football is to have that leadership, that passion and drive for strategy, for business and innovation. And in today's world, this is something that is very, very crucial. It's, as leaders and as people working in sports, um, what what is the purpose that we want to bring? What is the change that we want to bring in the industry? So understanding that is is crucial. Um, I think uh, other other set of skills that that you need to have is is really understanding the whole political structures 
of the industry in sports in general, and if you want to work in football, this is particularly important. So how politically the, uh, is organized, what is moving the organizations from the political standpoint, what is the business structure? Um, I think another important element, even if you're not an expert, you need to understand the marketing and digital trends in sports and in football and how they influence business development, how they influence the the development of the sport itself. Um, the other thing is is managing teams. And um, one thing that I learned in my experience in the global sports organization is crucial to understand how to lead without authority. A lot of the times when you're sitting in a global international organization, you have to work with consultants, instructors, people that are working remotely, that they're not directly reporting to you. So that kind of leadership is crucial. I think another thing that um, that I got specifically through the master was the business side of the sports, but also the financial side. You don't have to be a financial expert or a, you know an accountant, but the basic principles of finance, budgeting are crucial as well. And um, the other thing that for me was was very important and I keep learning and learning is the whole competition structure across. And in football specifically, it's crucial that you understand from the global level, from the World Cup level, from the confederation level and domestically how the competition is structured and what are the key things that are needed to develop the competitions. Um, and then the other thing is really understanding the whole sport world and the proper the sporting properties across all zones and and how you can learn from them to actually develop the sports you are working in or or the different initiative. So yeah, that in a, in a perhaps in a big picture that's that's what helped me. Well, you can see my smile on my face because the listeners just then have got a great viewpoint of how big the industry is, but also how important it is to understand. And you've said some brilliant leadership areas. So instead of repeating the question, I was going to say this. How important is it in the football industry, especially where leaders connect with other good leaders to make actual things happen so the industry can go forward the right direction, if that makes sense, from an industry perspective? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll go back to one thing I said before. Um, football is one of the most powerful forces in the world. So I think as the leader, and, and if we look from the leadership perspective, the first thing that we have to think about is understanding the values of football, the entertainment core of football and, and its convenient power. I always think about it as, as one of the most convenient powers in the world. If you look at, you know, whenever there is a World Cup, whenever there is a crucial football game, there are billions of people that come around, come together around that game. No matter where they are located in the world, they come together and they follow a football game. In a single moment, the world is coming together. So that convenient power for any leader in football to understand is crucial. And so I think um, beyond anything, that's the first thing that is crucial in leadership in football, understanding that power and respecting that power. And also understanding that 
uh, for me, it was it was one of the, the the most crucial experience working in the football industry. When whenever uh, you know, there, there all resources are 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 finished. Football is that one thing that brings hopes and that bring governments together. You know, war conflict zones. You can bring people around a football game, and and for me, it, it was powerful because when you work in football as a leader. You need to take that responsibility. And that was something that in my first year working at FIFA, I, I learned. Uh, one of the missions I had was towards the end of, of 2008 was to be um, supporting the development of a legacy program for the Under-20 Women's World Cup in Chile. And I was asked, I have to lead um, a delegation that had to visit President Bachelet at her office in Chile. And there I was, um, you know, coming from Cuba, my first year at FIFA, leading a, a delegation. So that is a huge, people might say, well, that's a great opportunity. That's fantastic. But it's a huge responsibility. So leadership in football is crucial. And if we go to, you know, the key principles, of what is leadership? And for me, the first thing is, Leaders have to establish a direction. You know, we have to clarify what is the vision, what are the goals, and, you know, give directions to people. It aligns people coming together. And if we go back to that powerful force that is football, we have to align people around the right things. And we've seen how challenging it has been 2015, 2016, 2017 for the football industry and for FIFA. So, how do we align people around the right vision and goals so that football can keep thriving? That is a key thing in leadership. And the other thing is how do we motivate and inspire people towards, you know, a, a greater uh, future of the industry? And for me, one of the key challenges of football's leadership today is the structural conflict of interest between that is at the heart of governing bodies. Um, for their survival, football leaders depend on those whom they own to reform and make accountable. And so there is a huge need for governance change in the football industry. And one of the things that you know, probably because you've seen um, um, how I uh, promote this on social media, is the gender equality. I've worked a lot on the topic of gender equality and and my role at FIFA was actually advancing girls and women in football. And so for me, leadership in football is about also focusing hugely on diversity and inclusion. And changing the system is going to require that a lot of the groups within the football industry come together, and that includes also women. And so um, for me, one of the most shocking thing is that there has never been a female, not even a female candidate for um, the FIFA presidential position or the Confederation's presidential position in the whole history of football. And this needs to change. And that is part of leadership. How can we nurture a, a future of leadership that we see more women coming? into the industry, more women 
or, or women actually having the chance to be part of election process for presidential positions within the industry. How can we make it more inclusive so that there are different ethnic groups leading football um, at the highest level? How can we make it more inclusive for young people actually to be part of the leadership in football? And those are the things that I'm really passionate about. And I think it's coming to a moment where change is, is inevitable. And the other thing that is crucial when it comes to leadership and when it comes to these groups that and and the whole movement of having more women in leadership roles, of having more young people leading in the industry, um, is about understanding also from the leadership perspective how do we bring change. And one of the biggest learnings of system change is that we have to really work on small changes, sustain it over time. So as leaders in the industry, we need to understand the relation between those changes and how this whole, um, I would say, uh, change that we want to see in the football industry will come about because of those small and big changes. Um, so if you ask me, some of the leaders that are needed today in the football industry or the leadership that we need today in the football industry is more about transformational leadership. It's more about leaders that make the people around them extremely motivated about and make more conscious about the importance of organizational values and goals, the importance of a more purposeful um, industry. I think the other important leadership that we need in football today is more servant leadership. Because for many, many years, football has seen a leadership that is really at the top, at the power of, you know, the presence of the governing bodies, the, 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 the highest leaders. But servant leadership is more about chair power. And that's what we need more also in the industry. And because football is, is like I said, it's such a powerful force, it should be also an example of creative leadership, about innovation. If we look at how the fan engagement is evolving, we need to bring more of those creative ideas and creative leaders into the industry. And we need that combination of transformational leadership, servant leadership, and creative leadership. Because fans are asking also for, for a more, um, I would say, transparent and for a more diverse kind of football. And if we look at domestic football in Spain and in Italy recently, uh, some of the women's game have, you know, uh, packed stadiums recently. That is actually something that the fans are now demanding and leaders have to understand that and be more creative about the kind of product that they are bringing to the fans and the kind of football they are bringing to the fans. So um, those are the key things I would say uh, that are crucial for football leadership today. Absolutely. And when it trickles from the top, it trickles down to the grassroots level, which is also very important as well. What inspired you then to start your foundation? And could you explain to listeners what your foundation is about? Because if they want to get involved, I really want them to, because I think what you've been talking about just now is really important for the future of not just football industry, but the sports industry in general. So Sports Equity International um, 
has been inspired by many individuals uh, around me. And I think working in football and working in women's football development, I have seen so many talented girls and women around the world that would definitely like to bring a change. We're talking about leadership. And if you look across the football industry, there is a representation of only 8% of women in leadership positions in football. Um, and like I said, there's really not at the very, very top. We still need to see a, a future candidate for FIFA presidential elections. We, we need to see um, a president at confederation level that is a woman. Or we need to see, hopefully, a female president of FIFA or the International Olympic Committee or more um, across the, all the international governing bodies and national governing bodies. So one of the things that inspired me was actually a change in leadership in the industry and to do this we have to have clear goals so one of the key missions of sports equity international is to actually and this is something we are working on very strongly is to design 10 global goals to achieve gender equality in sports globally so we've been working um with the Sangalan university here in in switzerland we are working with um some researchers actually to look at what these 10 goals could look like, what are the key things that could trigger to bring these goals to, to reality, but at the same time, how can we measure gender equality across the sports? How can we help international governing bodies, um, uh, national governing bodies and domestic sports to actually achieve gender equality? If you Think about it, um, it's predicted that gender equality is going to take between 180 to 200 years to be achieved. So sport is actually one of the industries that is lagging behind. Um, so if we want to spearhead that, I think it's important that all players around the world have clear goals and have clear ways to measure it, um, gender equality and how to achieve it. And you know, we've seen the IOC launching 25 recommendations for gender equality. Um, last year, we have seen that um, the International Olympic Committee has told um, the international federations you must have equal number of female and male athletes participating. Some disciplines have changed, but there is still so much more that can be done. We cannot really stay happy with, with the status quo. So what we want to do with um, sports equity is to bring forward those goals, um, work on a scorecard that actually help us measuring gender equality and uh, across the sport industry. But also we want to create a space for leadership development um, for women and girls. Um, we work with Think School of Creative Leadership, um, which was the partner that I had working with uh, when I was at FIFA for the first ever leadership program for women in football. So we want to create a space where we can educate more female leaders within sports and then really create what I call a leaderful movement, community leaders that they can go to the countries and the organizations to actually bring change. And the other thing that I'm really passionate about that we've been researching within um, Sports Equity International is financial literacy, education for girls and women in sports. And this is crucial because uh, for many, many years, 
girls and women athletes have not had the um, important education they need to have to understand that if they are professional athletes, they need to earn a salary, they need to have a contract, and how through their life as athletes, how this knowledge helps them to manage a career as a professional athlete, but also have the the right um, funding that could then help them to the next step in their career, to do a master or to invest for the future. Um, because they have to manage a dual career that is extremely challenging. So for me, financial literacy is also really important, and that's something that we are also working a lot when it comes to sports, sports equity international. Definitely hear your passion with regards to this change. And as I said again, I think this is extremely important, from, especially from an educational standpoint of leadership. Out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your career, looking back right now when you were back in Cuba? Well, if I have to say that the first thing and the most remarkable experience I had has been working in football, actually. I had the incredible opportunity to work with some of the most talented women and men in the industry. And for me, the, the opportunity to actually impact so many girls and women around the world through the programs that um, we developed during the time I worked at FIFA, the Leave Your Goals project that saw hundreds of thousands of girls um, participating in football and a leadership program to get more women involved in decision-making in football, that, that, that ability to impact people across the world has been one of the most incredible experiences in my life, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, I think working in football has shaped my life work purpose and that fundamental belief of freedom and opportunity and and equality comes from that time in football, I feel. Um, I think the other experience I had that I could absolutely go back and say this has been fantastic was really working on my own leadership development through um, experiencing uh, Think a School of Creative Leadership and, and then being able to translate that into helping other people to develop their own leadership development. So it's a part of my career that I'm now really enjoying, um, which is helping other people also and understanding the importance of leadership, starting researching about leadership and, and the importance of leadership in sports. So... Those two things have been crucial for me. I can't express this enough, Maggie. I've been so much enjoyed this podcast chat because I've learned a lot, but also it's refreshing to talk about leadership in a really sporting concept, not on the pitch, but off the pitch. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to university students who want to pursue a career in the football industry? There's so many things you could say, but um, if I can summarise, say I would... I would advise to all of them to own what they bring with them from the past. Um, I think it's really important to, to see what others see in you with pride, to always continue learning. But your past is crucial to form your values and your set of tools as a leader today and tomorrow. So always, always think about those skills that past the you know, takes you where you are, 
that will continue in your journey, influencing your journey. And I think for those that are out there hoping to step in the industry and have no experience before in football, to not fear it. I think um, if I could say it in, in the words of Martin Luther King, and this is one of the, the most uh, significant quotes in, I, I ever heard in my life, is always feel that you have worth, always feel that you count, and always feel that your life has ultimate significance. So no matter if you are a football player or not, if you're a coach or not, if you're an expert in the industry or not, there is so many opportunities out there. So take them and really make the best out of it and be proud of what you bring with yourself that is a great quote Maggie and I really do hope listeners take that on board how can people interact with you online I mean I'm online on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook so I'm always happy to receive messages and you know get connected with people um, so private message through LinkedIn works um, you've seen it yourself. <laughs> so, um, you know, just what is important for me is always um, to have a very concrete ask. I always ask whoever connects with me, what is the ask and how can I help? Um, so that would be my advice. Fantastic. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Likewise, Ed. Thanks for having me. What a really fascinating sports career journey about Maggie and her journey in the sports industry. For me, it was like a story and understanding her bring in with regards to her interest in sport and then archery as a main sport, which she still has that dream and ambition to compete in the Olympics. But it's that degree of sports science which ignited more opportunities to her to travel the world with regards to her educational journey about sports but really learning the different principles of how countries use sports a platform and to see what she's doing now in the football industry it just shows what can be achieved if you're willing to put yourself out there and that's what I admire the most from Maggie's career journey but relating to today's podcast topic without a doubt leadership is vital in the football industry or in any industry in that matter but particularly football we are so connected to that sport in so many areas from the elite side with the professional footballers who are on those big contracts right down to the grassroots in regards to how football is used as a platform to create new opportunities get people off the streets they use football as an initiative to create change and I think this is such a great example of why leadership related to this podcast topic is so important and without a doubt when Maggie was talking about the principles of leadership you can apply that to your sports career ambitions now and I have a sort of rule of thumb that you never are a leader to yourself. You are a leader when people associate you to the great work you're doing. You have to showcase it. It makes me chuckle when people say, I'm a leader in this industry. It's other people who tell you that you're a leader, that identifies that you're a leader in the first place. And that, again, that only comes down to your actions, your decisions, having a goal in place with a vision to create positive change. And I can definitely hear that with regards to Maggie's story and I can proudly say she is a leader in what she's doing I think it's important with regards to the work she's doing with regards to her foundation to provide equal access to women to have the opportunities to fit in those roles in the football industry of course they've got to have the skill sets of course they've got to build that experience but if they have the opportunities for those roles they should have equal access and this is where sports should be moving for the greater good 
But from a career perspective now, please apply what Maggie was talking about with the guys having that right attitude of pursuing a career in the football industry and just make it happen. So look, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat as much as I did. Really focus on your sports career ambitions with becoming a leader in your field and just make it a reality and good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with a inspirational quote. Maggie said, always continue your learning, but your past experience is critical to define your personal values in how you apply yourself to this world. And that will support you in how you develop into a leader today and for tomorrow.